Hello, Rob. Hi, Chris. Welcome to the 10-Minute Design Chat. Thanks, mate. Let's talk about Mintins. So, Mintins. What are they, then? What are they? Oh, Oh, so excited to talk about these. It's a weird thing to get excited about, but I'm excited to talk about Mintins. I have an absolute, like reputation for being too excited about mint tins and 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 no doubt you'll see why as we go through this podcast so yes today this is this is probably the podcast i'm most looking forward to chris i'm really looking forward to it you can let your mint tin flag fly my friend because you're amongst (laughs) other others who understand about the mint tins so for the listeners uh, let's have a chat about what mint tins are because i think that obviously mints in this country at least in the uk don't really come in tins so much Mm. anymore i think over in america you get altoids which are the classic uh, mints in a tin but it doesn't really happen over here so what would you say rob is kind of a, a definition of what a mint tin is it's funny because in the UK we, we kind of do have mint tins, but they're not actually the ones I would recommend for using for game design. They're like those little round, like hockey puck looking ones, you know. Yeah, the tiny ones with the little very strong mints in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you can get the bigger ones which are just all powder inside of it. They're just, you know, unless you've got circular cards, they're not really great. What I'm talking about with a mint tin, and, and I would say this is the industry standard mint tin, is is your classic Altoids. And, and that basically looks like a small rectangular uh, little tin that you could fit in your pocket maybe it has a hinge connecting the lid to the body maybe it doesn't doesn't need one um and it's just something that is very durable um quite just very satisfying in all honesty like there's something about holding a mint tin and i don't know this is just my personal bias of which there is a lot of it so you know (laughs) hold on to that but um you know it's definitely something that it's from the outside it's just a small container but there are so many possibilities with it that we are going to cover today. And Chris, I feel like we're going to have to start off with the challenge before we get diving into all the fan fanboying out on these little uh, little cuboid metal pucks of joy. Um, so it's no secret I love puns, and it's also no secret that mint tins seem to have a lot of puns in their name. There seems to be a lot of... I, there seems to just... like Don't go wrong, board games love puns, but like mint tin games seem to just go straight into it. So today I thought, let's let's bring in a bit of the 10-minute design challenge into this. Um, and I'm going to give you a bunch of... Uh, a, a bunch of names of games. These games don't exist, as far as I, don't, as far as I know. Please let me know if, if you hear any of these and you're like, oh yeah, that's a really good game. Um, but what I want you to do, I'm going to throw some names at you. I've got five of them here. And I want you to come up with what you think the game is, whether that's the theme, whether that's what the components are, whether that's how you play it. Um, if you need a hand, I'm here to help you. But let's kick it off, Chris. You feel you ready? Are you ready for this? I'm ready. This is not what I was expecting. Oh, uh, but you know, I'm ready. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're off to a great start. So I'm gonna I'm gonna kick it in with uh, tin pin bowling. Oh, okay. So this is evidently uh, a pack that comes with. Uh, Ten meeples. Yeah. A little roll-out neoprene mat, a tiny one that you roll out <laughs> as the bowling alley. Yeah. And then a little D12. And you just have to bash that bad boy down, <laughs> smash over as many, take it where you want. It is what it says on the tin. Oh, I love it. And you could have the scoreboard in the tin. like in, Oh, yeah. See, in my head, I was thinking that it would be like you'd have tiny little ones and you'd roll it into the... You'd have to like throw it from a distance into the tin. But I like yours better. Like ripping out a little mat. Oh, lovely. All right, next one. Tin and out. Oh, 
tin and out. <laughs> so that to me sounds like a cat burglary game where you have to like get into someone's place and then you have to get out again before you get noticed. So mm-hmm. perhaps let's say there's a blindfold in the box, okay? Mm-hmm. And you have to throw things into the tin mm. and make them land on certain spots without the other player hearing the noise of it. Oh. But you can do it from anywhere in the room. So you can walk around. But when they, when they, if they point to you at the correct place when you're doing it, <laughs> then you're out. Oh, my God. That's, that's very ingenious, Chris, actually. <laughs> Copyright 10-minute design chat. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone at home is like, right, i got to get notes of these. All right. Uh, I'm going to give you one more because I appreciate that this is the uh, tin 10-minute design chat. <laughs> and, oh, uh, no. Yeah, I know. That's a terrible one. Um, and I'm just going to go with contingency. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> that sounds like some sort of, like... Uh game where you have to save the world but the world doesn't know it needs to be saved that kind of game <laughs> I like it, keep it easy breezy we don't want to give away any more great ideas to the listeners you know, we, we need to we need to get off this podcast and start making some of these games but I mean, but Chris, Tins you know, uh, why do you love Tins? you know, I love Tins so much but I want to know why you love Tins first so for me, one of the things I love about a Tin and I know not everyone's a fan of Tins some people prefer boxes and that's absolutely fine Boo. I like the durability I like the fact that you can sit on it by accident and generally it'll hold up. <laughs> you can drop it in a puddle and it's usually fairly splash-proof. So from a just a practicality point of view, that's one of the things I love. But obviously, given its size and everything like that, it comes with its own intrinsic excitement with things like constraints and stuff. And I know that, obviously, one of the first things you did in your board gaming uh, career <laughs> was to design Mint Tin games. Yeah, I mean... I think you've hit the nail on the head with... I mean, everything you said is exactly why I love it. I love being able to shove these in my pocket and take them anywhere and just whip out a game on the fly. But as a designer, there's something about... And this is this this can translate across anything, but there was something about Mint Tins that resonated with me, and it was these constraints. And, and the thing that I found was... You know, I'd been designing games for... I think when I started off, like, by the time I entered the Mint Tin design uh, contest, I'd probably been designing games for about eight months and i never finished any of them i never really got around to it and and i think that there's the real big problem people have with game design is that you can always add you can always 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 chuck more on and you can go down the rabbit hole and the game is never going to be done because you know you have infinite possibilities um and so when i sat down and, and decided to sign up to the mint in design challenge on board game geek um the thing that i realized was it put a hard stop on that exponential growth because there is literally only so much you can fit in a mint tin and what it meant was um that i had to start getting quite uh, crafty and intuitive with with what i was going to use and and sort of trim the fat a lot and so i would focus in on what the game really was supposed to do because i couldn't afford to put all these extra components in there uh, and don't get me wrong you know there are a lot of games where you can fit a lot of, it's sort of shocking what you can actually fit in them sometimes you know i think uh, mint works is one of those things that you're just like how on earth did you fit all this in there but realistically, what it meant was that I started to sort of focus in on what I didn't need. And that meant that I actually managed to finish the game. Um, and another element of it is that you, you innovate a lot. Like when you have challenges in front of you and when you only have a limited amount of space, you ultimately find ways to try and make sure everything works and, and that you can get everything you want out of the game. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's probably one of the main reasons why um and it's it's one thing to sort of point out as well chris is that you don't have to you know you don't have to just go for the standard small tin we we do like to experiment with the bigger tins there are so many tins out there there are 
There is no standard tin size, it turns <laughs> Obviously, within reason, you, you, you know, there's only so big pockets go. You know, you're pushing the pocket size definition a little bit if you're making it a foot by foot, you know, that kind of thing. But Yeah, yeah. and and it's, it's surprising how the material of it is so uh, useful for so many different things. I know that we both like to experiment with magnets in these sort yeah. of games, and they can be used as sort of trackers or to hold pieces. I mean, you found these awesome little, like, pins that work as, like, uh, meeple almost that are magnetic so, so you can use the top of the tin or the inside of it and um, and also the fact that it's basically a built in rolling tray always very nice <laughs> Yeah, and actually yeah, you can use the tin as, as parts of your design as well and I think this is one of the, the interesting things about a tin mm. and actually that's one of the things that's inspired me to um, to design something that maybe the listeners might find exciting listener exclusive are you going to reveal the big secret that we've been wanting to talk about for a very long time I think it might be time. This, ladies and gentlemen, is Ooh. the sound of the 10-minute design challenge game design tin. Ooh. This tin contains over 70 components. <laughs> so this is everything you need, whether you're a veteran or a, a neophyte designer. You want to go out, you want to make sure you've got something with you where you can get a game prototype made. This is basically it. Um, and so I'm going to be making these um, and sending them out currently just in the UK mm -hmm. but they're going to be available soon so people need to keep their their eyes and ears peeled one of the biggest things that accelerated my game design career was the fact that what I started to do was it meant that because I could take my mint tin designs with me it meant that whenever I had a spare 10 minutes at work or whenever I was, you know, in a coffee shop and I was a bit like bored and I didn't just want to go on my phone, I could whip out the game that I was working on. It was no longer this big sort of box or yeah. all these like random scattered pieces of paper. And so having that on hand, you know, you never know when an idea is going to come out. And if you just want to get out and visualize it and start messing with dice and meeple and cards and all this stuff, it's such, it's honestly accelerated my career uh, beyond belief, um, you know, and that's how I ended up making Tinder blocks. I was just carrying a game around and working on it in coffee shops shops and pubs basically so so yeah i'm um, excellent looks so cool can't wait to see more on this chris i was wondering shall we just before we go give a quick fire two or three games that come in tins that we enjoy that people can maybe go and look at as examples of good tin games exactly i think that's a great thing i'll kick us off with Mintworks, excellent game. You will be shocked at what can fit in there. Really cool, fun, uh, good, good solo elements as well. Like, um, in, and I think it's kind of what I would consider, though there were minting games before that, one of the OGs. Um, and and they make great minting games, so 100% worth looking into that. Definitely, they make uh, mint cooperative and mint delivery as well. I believe is that right? Mm -hmm. uh, so for me, I think there's some newer ones by uh, Jason Glover. So he's uh, selling them on the Game Crafter. And there's one called Dig Down Dwarf, which looks super cool, which is about being a dwarf mining. And there's also one called mm -hmm. Gate, which is kind of a dungeon crawler in a mint tin. And it's got such nice hand-drawn neon art. It's beautiful. I'd really say mm -hmm. to people, check that out. And I would be amiss to say that if you do like dexterity games, of course, there is Tinder Blocks. And yes, I am biased. That was the game that came after the Mint Tin Design Challenge, and it was the one that kind of kicked things off. 
Um, but if you want to see what what it takes to actually you you don't have to fit lots of stuff in there. It can be nice and simple, and I think that's you know one of the one of the main benefits about Minton. It can be surprising. It can be surprisingly simple. It could be surprisingly complex. Um, and yeah, it's just a really really cool tool. If you're if you're a bit stuck on your designs, I think that it's worth just try and grab a Minton. Uh, look into Chris's uh, you know the tin design uh, kit. Um, um, but be just having something where you can fit things in a small space is is incredibly useful. So I really I just love tins, Chris, and I'm really sad to end this podcast but it's got it's got to happen so uh i'm going to say goodbye to you chris and i'll see you at 10 minute design challenge.co.uk thanks very much rob i will see you at boardgamebud.com thank you for listening and it's not about just thinking outside the box it's about thinking inside the tin <laughs>